Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter three. We'll begin reading at verse five again. That's Proverbs three and five. And it reads, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It is a human tendency to forget about God. What do you mean, brother pastor? It is a human tendency after God has delivered the promise to us. We've been believing God for that thing for a long time and, and God has directed us from one place to another all the way to our promised land, so to speak. But afterwards, it is a human tendency to forget about God. Why would you say that, Brother Pastor? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Lord warns us about it. He says, after your, your bellies are full, beware lest you forget about the Lord your God. And later on, it says, be careful. Your heart will become proud. You will begin to say, from my own power, I got these riches. From my own power, I got these blessings. You will make all kinds of excuses how you receive the promises from God. The word of God says your heart will become proud. Your heart will become proud. It's through my own power that I was able to get my wealth. When the scripture says, it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth. Once again, it is a human tendency to forget about God and to take the glory, the credit from God saying, I did this from my own power, from my own strength. Well, you may ask the question, Brother Pastor, I, I hear what you say. I, I understand that, but, but I would never say that. It comes out this way. Have you heard someone say, um, man, you need to get you a better car. You need to drive a car like I have. You know, that little house you got, you need to get you something better. I mean, look, look what kind of house I got. Oh, you, 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 oh, you over about six people. Oh, that's nice. But look here, you're not, you don't really have any real responsibilities. I'm over 600 people. What about this one? Oh, that little church you got? Boy, look, that little church you got, listen, it's, it look, my sound room is bigger than your church. Now, I'm not saying if someone being uh, jokingly or jovial, but I'm talking about there are some people come from a critical place. What they're doing is comparing themselves towards in comparison to you. The word of God tells us it's not good to compare ourselves with one another, but they're comparing themselves. So this is the danger of that. Unknowingly, they're saying once again, without knowing that I got this church, this big old church because of what I'm doing. I have this big old nice house from my own power. I'm driving this nice car because of what I'm doing. And you need to be doing what I'm doing. You need to be like me. These are prideful statements that that's contrary to the word of God 
And in doing so, we are siding with the enemy. We know it's the enemy who gives us such statements. And the thing about now, you may ask question, how, how, how do a person get that way? The enemy will lull you to sleep. You see, once again, after the Lord has blessed you, after you receive the promise from God, if you're not, if you're not careful, you will not follow the Lord with the same intensity. You won't seek the Lord with that same intensity. You know, you know, you may not pray all the time like you used to. If you know the scripture says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own, your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path in all of your ways. But you know what? When, when things are going good, there's no challenges. Once again, you receive the promises, you living good, you, you, you're riding good, your business is, is on point, everything is looking good. You don't really have much of a need to pray. After all, what are you praying to God for? Everything seems to be good. You know, the enemy will make sure that he, he'll, he'll try to uh, have your mind on other things. We won't even thank God for what he's done for you. You sure you may say it under your breath or may say it in church, but is your heart really in it? Do you truly thank God? But the point is this, you are once again, the enemy will lull you to sleep. So all of a sudden you'll stop thanking God for this and that. You won't consult God because you'll be leaning to your own understanding. What do you mean, brother pastor? You rely on your experience. You begin to rely on your money. You begin to rely on your connections that you've made. You, you rely on your common sense, the wisdom of this age. But the word of God says in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The enemy will lull you to sleep. Next thing you know, after some time, the thought of consulting God about situation won't even enter your mind. And the problem comes when a crisis arrives, you won't think about consulting God. You end up doing something based on the natural, something that sounds good. Now, listen, and you know what? The enemy will put a little, little, little religious phrase with sounds spiritual, such as, you know, God help those that help themselves. But, you know, when a person says that, you know what they're really saying? Uh, God, listen, this is my plan. I want you to bless my plan. That's really what they're saying. The word of God says, once again, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Notice it didn't say in all your ways, make a plan and God will co-sign on your plan. It didn't say that. The point is this. We're being lulled to sleep. What do you mean, bro, lull to sleep? Where you won't even think. The thought of consulting God, the thought of acknowledging God in all your ways, it won't even go through your mind. The enemy has lulled you to sleep. All what I describe is vividly illustrated in the life of Asa. King Asa, this can be found in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 14, 15, and 16. When we first meet King Asa in chapter 14, King Asa is a young king and he's on fire for God. He is eager to please the heavenly father. He tears down all the Baal images. He, he tears down all of the Asherah poles. 
He makes sure he, he eradicates all of the high places, anything that's contrary to the word of God. In fact, if you're not worshiping God, you're going to be put to death. King Asa was serious about serving God and making sure his people served God. In fact, the scripture says that his grandmother, who was the queen mother, if you will, he sat her down because she had an idol in her in a little grove, sat her, her down, got rid of her, demoted her from her position, if you will. Yes. Why? Because she didn't do right. He made sure that he did everything he knew to do right. Everything he everything he knew once again was right in the in the sight of God. The word of God says his heart was filled with God, the love of God. He wanted to please God. He was eager once again to please the father. Well, he did this, acted this way for some time. The word of God says in the 15th year of his reign. Now we're talking about 15 years. That's a long time to walk with God. So in the 15th year of his reign, the word of God says that the Cushites, they came and attacked him. They were coming. I said they were coming to attack him. There was about a million people in that army. Well, now King Asa has the nice numbers himself. The word of God says he had 300,000 fighting men from Judah and 280,000 men from Benjamin. And the word of God says they were all fearless warriors. Well, when they went up to battle the Cushites, the word of God says that King Asa prayed to God and said, now, God, we are helpless in your sight. We can't do anything in your sight, but we know you're a great God. And we know that you're you're going to deliver us. Now I'm paraphrasing. The word of God says, listen, God heard his prayer. What do you mean, brother pastor? He heard his prayer, his prayer, because the word of God says that he dealt the Cushites with a mighty blow. Hit him so hard. Now, I don't know exactly what supernatural thing the Lord did, but I know it was powerful because the word of God says when the Lord got through with them, that. King Asa and Judah, they went after the Cushites and the Cushites fled. The word of God says that they plundered all those cities and towns. They had so much riches, so much treasure, and they finally was able to get all of that treasure back to Jerusalem. But the point is this, because he consulted God, God blessed his finances. God blessed Israel to be uh, extremely rich from the plunders. Why? Because he acknowledged God in all of his ways and God directed his path. How many of y'all understand when God fights for you, he'll work everything out. But once again, we have to trust him. We have to acknowledge him in all our ways so he can direct our path. Once again, for 15 years, King Asa took care of business with God. He was on fire for God. God delivered him out of the hands of the Cushites. You all, the Cushites were twice the size of King Asa. King Asa's army, rather. But once again, because he acknowledged God, God blessed him and God dealt a mighty blow against the Cushites. Well, after the war, the word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord came on one of the prophets and, and all in a nutshell, that that prophet told King Asa, he said, listen, as long as you seek me, I will. You will find me 
Israel will find me. But if you forsake me, I will forsake you. That's the basis, the synopsis of that prophecy. Once again, all of the people, King Asa made sure that the people did what was right in the sight of God. If they didn't, it would be their lives. Now, shortly after that, things began to change. What do you mean, brother pastor? For the next 20 years, there was a great change that happened with King Asa. He was lulled to sleep. His heart no longer burned for the things of God. It turned to the flesh. He was lulled to sleep. The word of God says in the 36th year of his reign that the king of Israel attacked King Asa or attacked Judah. They attacked the fortified cities. Well, once again, King Asa was lulled to sleep for these 20 years or 21 years. What do you mean, brother pastor? Notice the actions that King Asa takes. The word of God says, listen, he got this plan. Now, we know this plan was from the enemy. So what was the plan? Go and get all the silver and gold from the temple, from the tabernacle, from the temple. And also the silver and gold out of your palace. What, what is he doing? He's taking the tithe. He's taking all the goods from God's house. Take all the silver and gold from the temple as well as from your palace and give it to the king of Syria. You tell the king of Syria to break his treaty with Israel and attack Israel. Now, if you attack, if he attacks Israel, then guess what? Israel will stop attacking you and you will have peace. That's exactly what King Asa did. But once again, let's look at it. He stole from the temple of God. He stole his tithes. He robbed. He took all the money, all the silver and gold from his own palace to satisfy the king of Syria. The, Syria, the king of Syria did exactly what he said he was going to do. He attacked Israel, broke his treaty, treaty with Israel once again and attacked Israel. And just like that human wisdom, oh, listen, the enemy can give you a plan. It seems like it is, it is foolproof. And you know what? Just like King Asa thought, the king of Israel stopped what he was doing abandoned his post to go and fight Syria. The word of God says that King Asa took all the stones, all the things and, and brought it to their own cities to, to further uh, fortify their cities. But the prophet came to King Asa. He said, King Asa, you messed up. I'm, I'm paraphrasing you all. He said, now listen, God was delivering Syria into your hand. In other words, God had plans to deliver them into your hands, but you did your own thing. He said, listen, don't you remember how God delivered you from the Cushites? They had over a million people. You only had half of that number, but the Lord still delivered the, them into your hands. The word of God says King Asa did not like 
what the prophet told him. So King Asa threw that prophet in jail. Now, wait a minute. The person whose heart at one time burned for the things of God, worship God. King Asa at one time had all of Israel worshiping God. But now his heart has grown cold. He is, has been lulled to sleep, if you will. Not only does he steal the tithe, now he throws the man of God who gave the word of God from God to the king. He throws him in prison. There is a great change that is taking place in King Asa's life. So once again, he didn't like that, that prophecy. Well, it didn't stop there. The word of God says in his 39th year of his reign, in the 39th year of his reign, the word of God says he had a diseased feet. But King Asa did not consult the Lord. You see, when you're long to sleep, you become in a slumber. And you know, you become, you rely more and more on the flesh. You know, you get to the point where you don't look like you have no association with God. The word of God says that once again, he had diseased feet. The word of God says he did not consult the Lord, but he consulted the physicians. He did not acknowledge the Lord in all of his ways. So God could not direct his path. The word of God says on the 41st year of his reign, he died. He died. We're looking at a picture of someone who once was on fire for God for those first 15 years. He had the heart of God. He did what was pleasing in God's sight with all of his might. But somewhere 20 years after that great victory, his heart turned cold. We no longer went after the things of God. He no longer had a heart for God. He relied on his flesh. He relied on the arm of the flesh for delivering because, you know, once again, he had a little money. He had a little power. He had a little influence. He had some connections. He used all his power and his influence to strip the temple of God, to strip his own house from, of silver and gold. And when the, when the Lord sent a word to him, if you notice, the Lord was still trying to help him. He threw the man of God in jail. He didn't want to hear that word. He did not want to hear the word. Threw the man in jail. And then when sickness came, now we see the enemy all in this situation. If you notice, he goes from one situation to one that's a little bit more severe. It shows his heart has turned completely away from God. And once again, he gets sick. The word of God says he did not consult the he did not consult God, but he consulted the physicians. And then on the 41st year, once again, he died. You all, it is human tendency. It is a human tendency to forget about God after you get into your promised land, after you receive your promise. That is a warning for all of us. While you're on your journey, while you're 
on your way to your wealthy place. Once you get there, we have to be sensitive to God on a day-to-day basis. The same tenacity with the same intensity of seeking God, acknowledging God in all your ways. Once again, on a daily basis about everything, just like you operated in the wilderness, you have to operate as it relates to your relationship with God or rather your fellowship with God. You have to operate that same way. If you operate that way, the word of God says this way, in all your ways, acknowledge him that he can direct your path. When you have that communication with God on a daily basis, you don't have to worry about your heart turning cold. God, why? Because you trust in the Lord with all of your heart. When you get there, wherever there is, on a daily basis, consult the Lord. In all your ways, for every situation, ask God, God, what should you do? Whatever you did, once again, during your wilderness, you know, uh, there's a saying, whatever you, whatever you did to get her, that's what you're going to need to, you'll need to do to keep her. Y'all know what? We need to treat the Lord the same way while we're on our way to our wealthy place with the same intensity that we have and seeking his face, the same tenacity, even after we receive all the things that, that God has promised us, we still need to thank him. We need to stay in a continual place of thanksgiving, remembering where the Lord has delivered us from, where he brought us out of. If we can keep that on the forefront of our minds, we don't have to worry about, we won't forget about God. We will not be lulled to sleep. If we're acknowledging him in all of our ways and allow him to direct our path, you know what? We will live the abundant life. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.